I don't fucking know what to. We could we could we could cold open talking about fucking Scott Corelli, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I was just like I was trying to come up with something to talk about, and I just did mm, fucking blank. Oh, I'm so dead inside. I know, dude. That fucking that you know Spider-Man I, minute takes it out of you. You know what else is dead inside? <laughs> <laughs> the no? Savage okay. Land. <laughs> I guess so. And we are back from the dead. Welcome back to the Savage Land. I am Jason Hammonds. I'm Matthew Hockett. Should I? Should I try? Should, I could do. I could do Jay Hammonds to try and like make it feel more syn- synchronicitous for you, Matt. If you'd like, I could. I'll start going by Jay. Be like that cool guy. I wear sunglasses. Uh, I could. I could. People in California called me M Hawk. I could go to that. M Hawk. That sounds M-Hawk. like a. That sounds like something that the early Image founders would have come up with as like their rip off X Men. Mo- as their like shitty Native American stereotype. Fuck. <laughs> the guy with mohawk or or or, or uh, from the mohawk indians there you go yeah he, he's the actual last of the mohicans <laughs> that's pretty good i've been reading a lot of um early image stuff lately actually have you it's so bad i can't do it you know it's it's challenging um it's not it's not good it was i, I mean for for its for when it came out in the zeitgeist it existed in, I'm sure it was great, but it doesn't hold up 20 plus years later. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it holds up. There's, I mean, there's stuff there that really works, and I do, I, I will say, in all honesty, I do think that the uh, early issues of Spawn actually hold up fairly well, and I think a large portion of that is because, you know, he had Frank Miller and Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman and people like that writing those issues. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot there in some of this stuff, and and the execution leaves a bit to be desired. But there's so much energy and like, you know, and 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 for better or for worse, there's just sort of like blatant disregard for the rules of making comics. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that that led to some really cool stuff, and also you know some really kind of awful and not fun stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm like, like right now, I'm reading through uh, the early issues of Cyberforce. Oh god. And it's I can't it's like it's like it is definitely a blatant ripoff of uh the X Men. But yeah. It's still there's I don't know, there's there's a certain charm to it that I'm really I'm really digging. Um I was even actually reading I got I, I went to like this there's like this place in California here called Frankenson that's like a it's basically like a giant Comic Con floor that's open twice a week. Where it's just a bunch of uh-huh. vendors selling like old comics or collectibles or toys, whatever. Um, and it's a really cool place, but you can find some sick deals on like, you know, stuff that's hard to find. Um, and that's where I got a lot of this stuff. I got like the first issue of uh, Wildcats and the first trade from Cyberforce. And, and I also found um, uh, the, like, uh, the trade paperback from one of the later issues of todd mcfarland's amazing spider-man before they Uh gave him his own series Uh uh-huh like before you know because he was on amazing spider-man and then he went over to you know they made the new title just spider-man and then eric larson took over on amazing um right and so it's like one of those later issues of or later sort of trades of of mcfarland's spider-man and i don't know it's 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 pretty cool and interesting revisiting that you also see like there are certainly uh, some panels and pages here and there where you can tell he was just mailing it in and not even bothering. Oh yeah, but yeah, I I, I mean I'm with you, man. It, it's definitely there's I I hear you when you say there's a certain charm to it because I totally agree. Um, it's just like raw, unbridled energy and all this stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. And they, I mean, they you can just tell that they were just like a bunch of like rapscallion kids, just like yeah, fuck it, we're gonna do it. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna do the Spider-Man pod. Um, I I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I mean, we're seeing a lot of this stuff. I think come back around right now, uh, mm-hmm. in sort of the nostalgia way. You know, I mean, obviously, like Rob Liefeld has this enormous deal at at Netflix that he that he signed a few months ago, and like, you know, Todd McFarlane is writing and directing a Spawn movie, and 
Uh, you know, the Venom movie is about to come out. I'm sure a Carnage movie isn't far behind. Like, Savage Dragon's probably going to get some kind of option soon. I'm sure. sure. Like, I, it's it's got to be. It's not already optioned. I mean, it might be. I'm sure it's had options before. I don't know whether or not it's currently optioned. Um, okay. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know a Savage Dragon movie in the next five years. Like, especially because Invincible. Obviously, I think Invincible will hit pretty big, and I think that will. Uh, once more sort of ignite you know it's like between deadpool and invincible and you know like if venom does well or if spawn does well like i think that the cumulative energy of all that stuff is probably going to ignite a lot of sort of interest and curiosity in those early image titles for you know film and tv um yeah savage dragon might be a pretty cool tv show actually i like savage dragon i think that would be cool yeah it's i've heard I like seven good Oh, I just uh, Savage Dragon is one of the few from back then that I'm that I that I that I actually really kind of stuck around with and enjoyed. Yeah, I mean Savage Dragon is is almost almost single handedly responsible for Robert Kirkman uh, making comics. Like, yeah, you know it's it, it is interesting just sort of following the family tree of this stuff and like and and also the art like you know you look at someone like Rob Liefeld and even Todd McFarlane they're not technically you know super sound but. Uh, there is still just something very, very charming and exciting about their artwork. Um, yeah, totally. Liefeld's, you know, sometimes you look at Liefeld's and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not about that. But other times it's like, yeah, I, I could, I could see this. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just been fun to, you know, and like I was, you know, either a not born or b too young uh, to really appreciate this stuff as it was coming out, obviously. And so it's been fun you know sort of like reading through a lot of this stuff that i've always known about but never really actually read um yeah sure and so i i I wonder if that's where some some of that comes from for me because i was like the like target age when that stuff was coming out yeah you know 12 15 like and i thought it was kind of dumb back then (laughs) 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 so maybe there's maybe there's a little bit of that like i've it's just always sort of been dumb to me yeah yeah i don't know i don't know no, I mean, and that and that is fair. I mean, you know, you you look at some of the stuff, and it's like if it's not a blatant rip off, it's lazy or it's like you know very uh, lowbrow. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's what it was. Is it just looked like it? I think when I was even when I was a kid, I think it just looked like such a cheap knockoff. Mm. Um, especially Liefeld's like Cyberforce stuff of just like, come on, man. Hey, Cyberforce was that's... not Liefeld. How you? How dare you? That was Mark Silvestri. Sorry, Mark Silvestri. Um, Liefeld was Youngblood. Come on. That's right. Sorry. They, thank you. So, whatever. <laughs> I know. They all blood, have basically thing. the same name. <laughs> like Wildcats, uh, Youngblood, Cyberforce, Shadowhawk. Yeah. Eh, it just didn't get into it. I do, you know what I do have, though, somewhere in a box is a bunch of old uh, image trading cards. Oh, nice. Yeah. One of them's a hologram of... I don't remember which character it is. One of the dumb characters. I mean... It's funny because it's like I, I think the biggest thing that I'm that I'm realizing out of all this is that if it weren't for you know those seven pretty stupid you know kids in their twenties that just blatantly like really did not know did not know the rules you know didn't know how to start a business didn't know like you know anything really intelligent all they knew is that they wanted to make stuff and make more money off of it uh, and like be their own bosses. If it weren't for that level of disregard for for you know logical thinking, uh, you know the the landscape of media has changed because of Image Comics. Like you know, and it's no, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean, t- to me, it's like uh, you know, I was just having a conversation about what punk was mm-hmm. uh, with a friend with a friend yesterday, and it's and to me, that's punk. It, to me, that's like. Totally. Fuck you. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this on our own, even if it was like a for-profit, more mm-hmm. of a, kind of a, a capitalist thing that they were that they were trying to do. In the industry, they were. They were just like, "Fuck you. We're gonna do this." And because of that, we have what we have today. And I, yeah, you y- you have to respect that, even yeah. if th- when you go back and read the comics, you're like, "Oh my god, what were you guys thinking?" No, and you're and you're right. Uh, I mean, it, it is <clears throat> it is the same sort of foundation as punk rock. You know, punk rock was a bunch of people who didn't really know how to play guitar, didn't really know how to drum, didn't really know how to sing. You know, just getting together and making shit, you know, like just for fun, like you, you know, and that's and that's what it is. And it, but it was so, it was so transparent in what it was doing. You know, like there was such a, you know, there there was no layer of pretension over it. It was just, 
this is the shit we want to do right now and that's what the fuck we're going to do and like you know it tapped into the vein of like you know sort of the cultural awareness or thinking at the time you know whether it's punk rock or image or you know any number of sort of things that have cropped up like that it's just yeah. something that is so honest that it speaks to a large number of people you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. honesty i mean that's that's really important it, it was very honest yeah uh no and one I, no one was I, sitting I, there trying to pretend I, they were something they weren't exactly and that's also super important so yeah i mean no you're you're absolutely right i the respect i have for what they were doing is much much higher than my appreciation for of, the work <laughs> yeah exactly i mean you can say the same for punk music i mean it's totally. like the music's objectively not great music yeah they weren't they weren't really good at their instruments Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though that music does speak to me, I think for a lot of people that probably doesn't. Yeah. But there is still that respect layer of like, well, because you did what you did, you've shaped the music la- landscape mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah, and um, I mean, you know, and it, and it goes back to, and this is, you know, it's it's a dumb comparison to draw in some ways, but like, I think that, I think that the early image stuff and uh, a lot of the popular Blink One Eighty Two stuff kind of falls into the same category of like, you know, appealing to a very sort of like a broad demographic but at the same time like you know blink 182 for for their sort of best years i think you know like it's what i appreciate about their music as well is like it was pretty honest it was just a bunch of dudes like singing about fucking high school and and you know like especially as they started to get into like the their more you know i guess serious or more morose stuff it's like you know singing about their parents divorce and like you know growing up and dealing with fame and stuff like it's it's music that objectively is not great uh but it's music that like speaks to me i think for that reason because i listen to a lot of those songs and like especially at the age that that music hit me you know it was stuff that i was relating to you know like the um stay together for the kids which is my favorite blink song it's like it's about tom dealing with his parents divorce and like that song came out and like was a hit around the same time that like i was coping with my own parents divorce and like you know, and so it was, it's like one of those things where something just like taps into your heart so, so easily, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it just like finds that resonance regardless of whether it's objectively great or like well composed or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm, I'm yeah. all that to say I'm, I'm it, enjoying this rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, you lost me 100% at the Blink-182 thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's something like that for you where it's like, you know, it tapped into you at the right age at the right time. And, you know, a lot of other people don't necessarily have an appreciation for it. But yeah, but yeah you do. Yeah. No, you know? I, you're you're you're, absol- you're absolutely right. I, I yeah, I don't know if the comparisons there with Image Comics early days, but but I do I do I do appreciate what you're saying, because I, I do. I mean, like when I was that when I was roughly that same age, it was I was like Korn's number one fan. <laughs> right. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So same same boat. Like. I think I think most people nowadays think about Korn as like that shitty new metal band from the '90s, um, but yeah, no. When I was 15, it definitely was like, oh my god, this is the my, this is my people's music. Yeah, totally. You started waving uh, your fago around, or I guess that was ICP, but no, 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 no. That was they weren't they weren't juggalos. <laughs> they weren't juggalos. That's that's gonna be uh, <laughs> whenever all the members of Korn collectively die at the same time and get one headstone. That's gonna be on their headstone. <laughs> they weren't juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's your that's your selling point for Korn's reunion tour. Well, they weren't juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the title of their tour. Actually, is we weren't juggalos. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, that's I funny. think they're still touring though. I don't know. Probably, of course they are. Anyway, I don't know, man. What uh, it's been the it's been a minute. You got some. Uh, it has been a minute. Apologies, some- apologies to those listeners that have uh, that have been sticking in. Um, yeah, we just my schedule has gotten crazy and since i'm usually the one that's like scheduling things then when my schedule gets crazy uh it it throws everything else off balance so it's it's you can blame it well, on uh, me you're, you're, you haven't been alone my i've been pretty i've been my schedule's been pretty nuts too so yeah we're we're all we got lives but you know after a short hiatus i think we're coming back punching and and when rachel's back next week it'll be even punchier we have lives, but don't ever doubt our commitment to talking nonsense on the Savage Land. Yeah, if you ever think we're gone, just check our our fucking Twitter and Instagram and shit. And as long as stuff's still right, you know, somewhat regularly coming out there, then we're probably fine. If How you- about this? We'll give you if, if we if the band ever breaks up, we'll give you a formal announcement by posting a picture of Yoko Ono on our Instagram page. There we go. That'll be our last thing. No caption, just Yoko Ono. <clears throat> just Yoko. Yeah. <laughs> um catch up 
so yeah that reading through those image comics is one catch up and that honestly has been a joy um i i just love the artwork and and all that stuff um and uh another thing i did i watched incredibles 2 um you said you have not seen are you attached to the incredibles franchise at all like was that a movie Mm -hmm. that that you enjoyed no i was like just it was like i was at the wrong age wrong stage of life wrong everything for it so i i saw it back Mm. in the day and i remember like yeah that was fun Mm. but i have no attachment to it oh man and so and so when the sequel is coming up and i'm seeing shit all over reddit of like people just losing their goddamn minds over it i i that was surprising to me because i was like whoa people people are really (laughs) hanging their hat on this thing oh yeah man uh no, I get it. I just you no, know, I just I never had it for myself. In in my opinion, it's the best uh it's I think the the first Incredibles is the best Pixar movie. Um Yeah. And I think it's also uh, one it's, of the best representations of superheroes uh in modern media. I I agree with that. I do remember thinking it was a very 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 good superhero movie, but yeah. Um Incredibles 2, I I think I, re- I really enjoyed it, and I, I do think I need to see it again to fully formulate my opinion on this, but mm-hmm. it was really enjoyable. I thought the pacing was excellent. Um, the design work was pretty great. I, I think the design work in the first Incredibles will never be topped, but, um, sure. you know, and it's it's a lot of the same thing I appreciate about Darwin Cook's uh, The New Frontier. Like, there's just mm-hmm. there's certain design work in that that's so timeless, but also so rooted in the 60s. Um, uh-huh. that just works really, really well. And I mean, the first Incredibles, I think the biggest thing I appreciate that is like, it was almost like a proto Marvel movie in the sense that it wasn't really a superhero movie. It was a spy movie mixed in with a family movie. Um, you know, it was, sure. it was espionage and it was family drama and, and all this stuff. And, uh, to a certain extent, the second movie, I think mirrors a lot of the same, uh plot lines that the first one did um the some of the story beats are a little different uh you know like in the first one obviously bob is or or helen is super paranoid that like maybe their marriage is falling apart and you know like as they're aging kind of going through midlife crisis and all that stuff and this movie doesn't have you know the the same emotional beats as that one does i mean it, it has its own sort of things that it's dealing with whether it's you know sort of kids growing into adolescence and you know like sort of uh one parent dealing with becoming a stay-at-home you know like mr incredible dealing with becoming a stay-at-home dad and you know like sort of the inferiority feelings there and stuff and i I think that it still does a great job of um you know hitting you with those emotional beats the plot i think if you if you strip it down the plot uh is a little too similar to the first movie um Mm. you know you have one character who goes to work for a mysterious and wealthy uh you know benefactor benefactor as a superhero to try and like bring superheroes back into the public light and all this stuff you know it's like it's it's close it's very close to to a a a super similar plot however i don't think i enjoyed it any less because of that i think that it was still a great time and i think that there were a lot of really fun sort of just kind of superhero moments and i think the cast was great um you know the animation i think was was the best animation i've seen in any movie in a long time and you know i think the new spider-man movie coming out will probably be the only thing to top it uh Mm -hmm. but it was it was a fun movie it was definitely well worth it one of the better pixar movies um but i don't think it it quite reaches the same level as the the first incredibles at least for me but that would be pretty hard to do yeah um well cool yeah yeah uh, yeah, i'm definitely gonna see it i i I would like i definitely am intrigued and i enjoy the pixar movies so yeah uh, it, it's worth seeing regardless i think yeah um uh i also you, go ahead sorry go ahead. no please go ahead uh i read uh, the magic order number one which is the first uh comic from uh mark miller and netflix through image comics um it was interesting it's you know it's this fusion of like a mob movie a family drama and like you know throwing in the genre element of of you know magic you know like this sort of uh-huh. very harry potter-esque magic uh-huh. um i think it was a very successful first issue i think that you know it, it it shows some promise for the future of of netflix's comics i i think that you know i mean this this hit a uh you know i mean this is like i think the highest selling comics since jim lee's x-men number one which is 
hmm. a 20 year high you know like yeah they netflix breathed a lot of you know sort of new curiosity into comics that i think has been missing for a long time um and so i think that's really cool and you know i mean the art from olivier coipel is amazing and you know i think mark miller at this point is kind of a machine when it comes to like writing sound comics um i think that he's shed a lot of his uh drawbacks that he had early in his career you know where with stuff like kick-ass and you know even the ultimates and and um nemesis and a few comics like that he was you know trying really hard to be edgy um you know and like throwing in too many swear words for no reason or like you know crazy gratuitous violence or whatever um i think he's past that phase of his career and i think that at this point like he's you know for lack of a better term he's got a, a solid formula down of you know, getting a genre element, mixing it in with like a certain type of plot and, and, you know, a certain type of like emotion and spitting a story out of it. And I think that this one is, is, you know, just as solid as the rest of them. And I've honestly been enjoying Mark Miller's comics for a few years now. I mean, you know, everything that I've read over the last few years has been really, really solid and and this is no exception. Oh, good. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Netflix does with this property, but I'm even more interested to just keep reading the comic and, uh, see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I I really like Mark Miller. I think he's very, very good. Yeah, he's and he's someone. It's like despite the fact you know people talk about how they they feel like his comics are just movie pitches. I uh, I I think that there's there's something to that, and I think that if you're Mark Miller, it is hard to um, it's hard to ignore the fact that anything you write is going to be optioned, you know. Or now that he's with Netflix, anything that he's writing is a property of Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. it, and so it's hard to ignore that. However, I think if you look at the comics he's been making very often, it's almost like he is writing a story, daring a studio to make it, you mm. know, where it's like you watch Chrononauts and you're like, yeah, fuck you. Like, this is a hard movie to make. Like, if you're going to make this, you're going to be spending a lot of money, uh, which is, I think, what Universal realized and, and thus why it hasn't moved forward. Um, they like they were casting Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth as the leads in the Chrononauts movie. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, they were they were putting a lot into it, and I think at some point they realized, God damn it, like this is going to be a higher budget than we're comfortable with. Um, yeah, and I think the same is true with with Magic Order. Uh, I think the same was true, you know, with with time. I mean, you know, fucking um, God damn it! What was that comic that he just did? He did Reborn with Greg Capullo. Um, the yeah, I mean, there, there's a few others that I'm not thinking of but you know it's like i think that he's not necessarily writing comics as pitches he's writing a lot of self-contained stories uh and almost going look if if you want to make a movie out of this comic like you're gonna have to really commit um and kind of stretching the bounds of of what that can be which i think is exciting and cool and i mean you know as long as his stories keep being sound and as long as he keeps treating artists so fucking well like more power to him man yeah you know yeah totally yeah, no, right on. But yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty much my catch up of, you know, a few <clears throat> other random things but nothing too major. Sure. How about you, bud? Um oh boy, do I have catch up. Yeah? Uh yeah, actually you reminded me of one of them. So you're going to you're going to enjoy this. Yes. So I had a I guess a week or two ago, I had a full-blown DC afternoon night. <gasps> I know. Ooh. I didn't read any comics though. Oh. Uh I watched I watched uh, Justice League Dark. Oh, the watched, animated movie. Mm-hmm. I watched a bunch of animated movies. So nice. I watched Justice League Dark. I started watching. Shit, man! I can't remember the names of them all. <laughs> I, I I started watching one where Superman's the son of uh, the bad guy. Superman's the son of the bad guy. Who's the bad Superman? Lex Luthor. No, 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 no. General no, no. Zod. The bad. Yeah, Zod. So Superman's like Zod's kid. And Batman's like an actual vampire. Oh, um, yeah. God, Justice League: Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. That's it. Yeah, I started watching that and I, do, I couldn't get through it. It was, I, it was, it was dumb. Yeah, that one's a little rough. Uh, and then I watched New Frontier again. Mm. Uh, and then I, and then after the, I watched, I, there was something else in there that I started watching that I couldn't get into. I don't remember. Anyway, um. I was like, you know what I should do? I should just go back and watch Justice League one more time because I've seen it once. <laughs> and 
I was like, I just maybe you know maybe I was in the wrong headspace. I tend to do it. I want to just like give it another chance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so much worse the second time. Yeah, so much worse the second time. That movie. Not that movie rewatch. is one that I can appreciate outside of being not great. But I th- yeah. I think that history will look back as Justice League, or I mean, it already is looking back at Justice League as not not being good. Uh, you know, it's not good. Hence the it's, fact it's, that their universe is moving away from it. Are they just going to like wipe it from the slate? I'm not sure. I mean, they're so the, the problem that they have is that they have two sides of this franchise, right? They have right. Wonder Woman, which is incredibly successful, and they are you know they've fast tracked the sequel. They're already I think filming, uh, you know, which which looks really cool. Did you see the promo images for Wonder Woman 1984? No, but uh, but uh, yeah, no, it I looks haven't. it looks sick. Um, anyway. You know, and then Aquaman, which also looks like it's going to be really, really good. Uh, and then you've got your Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Justice League, Zack Snyder stuff. Um, and, you know, and there's also like Ben Affleck might not be Batman anymore. And like, you know, in terms of their properties that are in development, you've got like Shazam, which may or may not actually exist in the DCU. And you've got like, you know, this Joaquin Phoenix Joker origin story that doesn't really exist in the timeline. Uh, but then you've also got Suicide Squad, which is a hard one to nail down because although critically Suicide Squad was not a success and even, you know, like box office wise, it wasn't huge. It wasn't crazy successful. However, Warner Brothers made a ton of money on Suicide Squad because of yeah, merchandising. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. And so they've greenlit like five spinoffs from Suicide Squad. Uh, and so it's like, you know, or at least they have them in active development. Um and so they're kind of in this amorphous zone where I'm not actually sure how everything's going to fit together. And maybe the Flashpoint movie is kind of a thing that just like draws all the different ends of the sort of DCU together and, and makes a new universe out of it or something. Um, mm. But yeah, they're they're in a weird zone. And I'm, I'm excited for Aquaman and for Wonder Woman. And and that's that's where I stand on DC movies right now. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a hot mess. Yeah, I... Um, so so out of those animated movies that you watched, you know, what what was the one that you enjoyed the most? Well, New Frontier is the best. Yeah. I I mean, everything about that is excellent. It makes me really mad that they didn't just do New Frontier to it just like <laughs> start the fucking DC movies, right? right? Cuz it's like it's it's fucking perfect. Yeah. It's got everything you need. You don't need an introduction to these characters at all. Nope. You just fucking drop them in there like New Frontier, and it's fucking perfect. Yeah, and this this actually fits uh, really well with something. So uh, this is going to start a couple of, of, of little tangents or conversations at least. Um, the first quick thing is that I... So I went to Amoeba again, as I want to do, because I work right across the street. Uh, and Amoeba had the DC Absolute Edition of the New Frontier, which is the oversized, like, giant version of it. Mm-hmm. And the this version of New Frontier has been out of print for a few years now. And when I actually when I finally bought the collected edition of New Frontier, I was looking for this one and couldn't find it for any less than like two hundred bucks. Um, mm-hmm. However, I walked into Amoeba and they have it for forty dollars. Oh, nice! And so I am right now holding in my hand the giant oversized edition of the New Frontier. Um, That's awesome! It's incredible. If have you have you read the um, the the comic or have you just watched the animated movie? Uh, I've read uh, like the uh, first little chunk of it. I haven't finished it. The comic, I, th- I think the comic. I mean, the movie is is amazing, and I think it's a really really good a- adaptation. The thing with the comic is, yes, it's it's got a lot in it. You know, it's 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 almost. Um, I don't want to say Game of Thrones because I know you're not Game of Thrones, a uh, Game of Thrones fan, but it's it's got that level of like subplots. You know, like this Charles Dickens level of like all of this stuff that's going on and like these disparate yeah. events that by the end of the story, all of those events come together to sort of like you know tie themselves um up in a really sort of neat way yeah yeah uh but there's there's so much in that book that that uh the movie misses that's that's fine you know because like the movie is better for it um yeah you know but it's just it's it's such a rewarding story to read and and admire darwin cook's art because they also you know they changed the art style a bit for the movie um to make it more animatable uh but it's i don't know it's just got such a fucking clean look to it um and also, like, how cool would it be if they did the new Frontier, right? Like, they make it a movie set in the 60s, you know, live-action mm-hmm. movie set in the 60s. You have Henry Cavill as Superman. You have Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And you have, mm-hmm. like, a sort of aged-down Ben Affleck as Batman. 
And then, yeah. you know, you do sort of a fast forward where there's, you know, like all these new generation of heroes, but then you still have the same Superman, the same Wonder Woman looking basically the same age, and then like an aged up Bruce Wayne as like the older Batman that they were trying to convey. Uh, uh-huh. You know, with like these new superheroes sort of like showing them the reins and like trying to keep up this sort of this pantheon like, you know, decades later. I think that would have been really fucking cool to do. Like, I don't know. Here, I, I got. I'm add, adding on to that. I think you're onto something, but I think it'd be better if they did the same thing. They do New Frontier, mm-hmm. set in the 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. um, and then just have the first, like the first long form arc, film arc, mm-hmm. just stay in the 60s. That would be cool. Just fucking leave it there, like stay in that time frame. It's interesting enough. We don't have anything like that. X Men kind of touched on it but they're just skipping generate they're skipping decades mm. so like leave it there have the have it be golden age like make it proper golden age leave it in the 60s and then when you want to move on your franchise then you move it a couple decades later and you have the aged batman teaching nightwing mm-hmm. how to be batman or whatever like you know you can move it at that point and introduce some new characters but then you get this really it's like this untouched film zone that they could just fucking because everybody loves golden age dc right mm-hmm. it's like it's like yeah, the golden and silver age for dc is is like the perfect zone i think Ex- exactly so leave it there man mm-hmm. don't put it in the modern time it's like it's just not working and you then you're out of direct marvel competition yeah that's true it's got its own sort it, of appeal to it you've got your it's got something completely on its own and right now every single you watch a dc movie and it's like ah, marvel did it better marvel did it better right mm-hmm. and that's super unfortunate for dc to be like sort of standing in that shadow of marvel just crushing it yeah and so fucking one up marvel and be like okay fine we're gonna we'll, we're gonna do this golden age uh, universe and it's gonna be it's cool it'd be so fucking cool man with all the like antiquated t- like like technology and stuff oh, yeah. or like the like ray guns the and... retro yeah totally like the retro futuristic sci-fi totally. shit oh my god it'd be a, it'd be so cool you can bring in adam strange adam strange <clears throat> is probably my favorite comic book character ever he's like the most crazy out of date looking spaceman and like you know he's totally. he's got this thing where he just like the fucking zeta beam takes him across the goddamn universe at random to like fight in this yeah. war with these hawk people and shit like totally and like and like and lean into that man be campy be a little campy with it yeah totally i in um, you know what that that actually I, kind of it might tie in with some of their plans so i mean they have this this sort of mysterious uh joaquin phoenix joker origin movie that's like produced by martin scorsese and directed by todd phillips that is probably based on the killing joke um and so i think they're saying it's going to be set kind of in like the you know, if the 80s or maybe even earlier, you know, like the 70s or 60s, um, yeah. you know, and that would be an interesting sort of like, you know, a point to, to continue from. And, and even further than that, um, Matt Reeves, the the director of um, the, the last two Apes movies, who's, you know, mm-hmm. been taking on this Batman project, uh, you know, he's been working on that Batman project for a while. And it sounds like he was initially writing a Ben Affleck Batman movie and recently changed it to to writing a young batman um which could mean that they could also do that same thing you know you write a batman movie set back in like the 80s or whatever um you know or or, you know like we're saying even earlier uh yeah you know that that could be so interesting like you know really kind of no you could you could make it so cool yeah that'd be cool but no they had to go for the worst CG I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life with the green blood on the Flash's suit. <clears throat> do you know what scene I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, I do. That was that was that was rough. It's it's unexcusable. Yeah. This day this day and age to see something that looks like it came out in nineteen ninety two. So that that does bring up a thing that I kind of want to talk. I w- I'm going to let you finish your your catch up first, um, but I want to kind of bring it back to talking about something involving the um the dc movies because i basically i have kind of a list here of that i've sort of made of like all of the properties that dc has in some form of development um Mm -hmm. you know in different phases and i kind of want to talk about a few of them not all of them because there are way too many there's like 26 but um yeah ain't nobody got time for that yeah but there's a few i want to talk about but but we'll i i certainly don't have time for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh no no no, i'm down okay so um catch up so 
anyway, yeah, I did my DCD. That was that was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see potential in DC, and I just and I see so much garbage. It's hard to like hang my hat on it, but I, one of these days maybe. Anyway, so then. Uh, uh, which one should I do first? I'll do the Jurassic Park. So I got the new Jurassic Park Evolution video game. They have a video which game, which is basically, uh huh. It's like uh, Sim City, but you just build your own Jurassic Park. It's like it's like uh, what's the new Park Park Tycoon? Sure. Zoo, uh, it's like you. You don't know what I'm talking about. I do, uh, I do. Yeah, I think there was like Roller Coaster Tycoon that was. Yes, the that's it, yeah. the one I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Anyway, so yeah, you, you like build your own Jurassic Park and kind of manage it, and it's this is like a you know i don't know that's that's about it anyway it's super fun <laughs> you having a good time with it it's exciting i am because i it, w- there was a game for the playstation 2 called uh J- jp operation genesis mm-hmm. which is the same game basically this is just like a re re-up of that same game um and i fucking i poured hours into that game uh because you, you, you just you know it's like open map and you just build a park mm-hmm. uh and try to make it so the dinosaurs don't all get out and eat the tourists, right? So uh, this game's the same thing, except for it's you know it's very it's, you know modern, so it's got really great graphics and the AI is considerably better, and you know it has its issues and stuff. But overall, yeah, I'm absolutely fucking loving it, man. I mean, it's like dream game come true. Just build your own Jurassic Park, and that's it. <laughs> Just make a Jurassic. <laughs> um, it sounds like something you know, straight up your alley. Oh, it's perfect, man. So I'm having a blast playing that. I'm exci- and I'm excited. It's gotten me a little bit more excited about this Jurassic World movie coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's It might be garbage, but it's... Uh, I'm definitely on the fence with that one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, I don't... I'm not looking for something amazing. I'm just stoked to see cool dinosaurs. Yeah, that's fair. And this movie looks, looks like there's going to be a shitload of dinosaurs in it, so... All right, I'm down. I'm, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Um. Anyway, my, my other catch up, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I saw Hereditary. I haven't seen it yet, but I've I've heard that this movie is fucking harrowing. It that is the perfect word for it. It is harrowing. It is. It is. I haven't. It's been a long time since I walked out of a movie. I, I I would put it on Requiem for a Dream level. Uh, digging its tendrils into your brain. Hmm. Um. Holy shit, man! That was an excellent movie. Um, what's what's it about? Yeah, so it's it's about um, and without you know saying too much because it's about this uh, family. Then their their grandmother had just passed, and then sort of a, as you follow this family, um, you get a little bit more like this grandma wasn't all that she seemed, and maybe she was into some occult shit. And sh- weird shit starts kind of going on with the family, um, and then you get a little more backstory. Like, the, the, like uh, this this matriarchal line has had history of uh, dementia and psychosis and all this kind of stuff. And so then the mo- the the main car- the main family, uh, the mom, she starts kind of going off the rails a little bit. But it's not entirely clear if she's going off the rails because of what's kind of going on within this family or if she's just imagining it all. So it's this really cool dynamic of, you know, what kind of like, what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there's a point, and I'm not going to say what what it is, but there's a point halfway, give or take, halfway through the film where it just goes so fucking left field. It's so, it, it, it gives you, the, it gave me so much whiplash and it just set this tone of like, holy mother, sh- oh my god! Mm-hmm. And then the rest, and the rest of it just kind of just like has this perfect escalating tension to the climax of the movie. And it, I, I it, it's been a long time since I watched a movie where like my heart was pounding. Wow! And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, this is f- what is going on? And then it's scary, mm-hmm. but it's scare, it's brilliantly scary because it. It's not jump scares. It's not. It doesn't fit that sort of like what we've seen out of horror movies for a while. It and it, it really builds on this more of a psychological like. Not that the movie is a psychological thriller, but you just I don't know, man. I just I just had this like 
very visceral reaction watching this thing. And as it's scaling up, as as the uh, sort of the events are playing out, um, sort of as a consequence to this kind of left turn this movie takes in the middle that this movie takes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I'm not doing. The, I'm not describing it super well, but it. Fuck, man. That I. Like, we walked out of that movie, both of us, like, borderline in shock. Just like, oh, my God. That was fucking crazy. <laughs> um, you know, and Jay was like, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen, period. And I don't know if I agree with that, but I would say it's absolutely one of the best movies, horror films to come out in a long time. And it would fit in line with this kind of current uh, trend we're seeing now where there's just these excellent horror films coming out where the people are really understanding why a scary movie works and not doing uh here's the uh, monster of the week and uh here's some like here's 12 to 15 jump scares and uh uh there's really gross thing at the end that happens <laughs> right yeah it doesn't pull any of that bullshit it's just oh man um so i don't know even at, just as a just as somebody like yourself I, you're not much of a horror fan but just as like a f- fan of film mm-hmm. it's worth seeing it's definitely worth seeing of how to escalate tension how to how to have your movie have basically two pa- like have have your pace change so dramatically in a film and have it work um and just i don't know man i can't speak highly enough it's it was excellent a plus um damn yeah no i mean you know there's uh, you go online and was like scariest movie of all time I hate when people say that so much, but <laughs> it was real. I I was scared, and that, that is, you know, very rare for me to be scared in anything. Yeah, uh, because I'm just I'm so desensitized at this point. Um, and and again, it had everything to do with how masterfully they built, the, how masterfully they started and then built tension mm-hmm. um, out of like a movie that seems so tame to just oh God. I want to talk about it more, but it's. I, I'm not going to because it's 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 critical to the uh, viewing the first viewing to not know what's going to happen. Yeah, I and that I was I was debating like you know for a while like I didn't really look up um, any details on this movie. Uh, you know, like people have been talking about it and stuff like that, and just saying how you know how visceral it is and whatever. Um, you know, but I, I haven't really looked anything up on it, you know, partially for that. Like, I, I haven't seen a trailer. I honestly, like, I don't know who the fuck's in it, um, you know, or anything like that. Because, you know, there there is kind of that part where I'm like, you know, going in not having any idea what you're in for uh, is, is a rare thing these days. And I think should be uh, treasured when possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's your it's your it's your boys, man. It's your A24 boys. Yeah, I saw that it was A24, so I was like, ah, oh, shit, I do need to see it. <laughs> yeah. But uh anyway, that's all that's really that's that's the that's all I really I mean, those are my big talking points. I've done a, other stuff too, but Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's cool, man. Um Yeah. I'm uh I'll I'll probably end up seeing it uh here here pretty soon. Um you know, I just because I said we'll we'll talk about it, we'll kind of cover a couple of these movies, the, these DC movies, but then we'll we'll wrap up here in a sec. Yeah. Um, because I, I was just I got I got I, I got a one talking point too, but go ahead. Yeah, so I I I was looking because DC's announced a lot of movies over the last few years, and not a ton of them are actually in production. So they've announced twenty six movies over the last like you know since this universe has started. Um, uh-huh. and out of all those twenty six movies, um, there are currently two that have actually been filmed. That's Aquaman and Shazam. There are uh-huh. another two that are, uh, well, one that's in production, Wonder Woman 1984, and another that's in pre-production, which is Green Lantern Corps. Uh-huh. Outside of that, no other, no other DC film is, is both on the schedule and has a director and writer. Uh, so you've got Cyborg, which had a, a, a release date announced for 2020, but still has no director and no writer. Um, uh-huh. And then you've got, like, uh, Suicide Squad 2, Birds of Prey, and Flashpoint that all have, like, schedules for production. Like, they're scheduled to go into production at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But they have not done so yet. They all have direct- directors and writers. Um, and then you've got, like, this giant list of movies that, like, it's like they've been announced. 
and they either have a director attached, a writer attached, or both, or neither. Um, and some of them, it's like I'm I'm super interested, and others, I'm 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 like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, so in terms of the Suicide Squad properties, you have Suicide Squad two and Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. uh, which you know Suicide Squad two is a direct sequel. Birds of Prey is like Harley Quinn, and then all the women of the got of the DC like Gotham universe. Um, and then you've got like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. You've got the Gotham City Sirens movie, which is like Harley and Ivy and Catwoman. Um, then you've also got a Joker and Harley movie. Then you've also got uh, a Jared Leto Joker solo movie and probably a Margot Robbie Harley Quinn solo movie. Like that's hmm. that's all just the Suicide Squad properties. Hmm. I don't I don't understand that. Um, no, I don't get it either. That doesn't sound doesn't sound fun. Feeling? No, but I'm so one one project I am excited for, and I I'm, I hope goes into production is the New Gods movie uh, from Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. doing like you know Jack Kirby's uh, Jack Kirby's New Gods. I think that that because the New Gods have been so influential on everything, um, you know, in these indirect ways, I think finally getting them on screen would be great. I mean, you don't have Star Wars without the New Gods, like, right? You know, so I don't know. Um, the ran- there's like so many random ones like blackbirds from steven spielberg uh which is like about these like world war ii dc people like it's i don't know i'm just i'm i'm looking at all of it and I, oh and also deadshot was another one of the suicide squad movies will smith mm. i'm just looking at it all and i'm i'm excited for the stuff that's actually going into production like green lantern core written by jeff johns uh wonder woman 1984 also written by jeff johns shazam co-written by jeff johns aquaman co-written by jeff johns that's no coincidence i guess of all those but um all of those i think like they they look fun but then you just you go down this list and you're like okay some of these i'm excited for but like like why are you pouring you know money into so many fucking movies like you know get a defined idea of what you want to do with your universe and stick to it rather than just like throwing out like just going with anything that that is possible you know i don't know yeah yeah i mean no you're right i i think that's i think that's i think that's maybe some of where i you know when i kind of talk about like warner brothers and why i just kind of feel like it's just a shit show is because it it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's anything that it feels like it's wild mad dash cash grab mm-hmm. um and i feel like that's doing a disservice to the characters and the fans right i mean it's just like it's a crapshoot right yeah. maybe you'll get a wonder woman maybe you'll get a justice league who knows mm-hmm. uh and if they've got that many things that they're like let's just sh- shit them all out you know I don't know. I just feel like that's just a terrible way to do it. Yeah, and I'm hoping with this sort of restructure that they just barely did. Like now, so AT&T is approved now to take on Time Warner and they kind of did a bit of a restructure where like Jeff Johns is now kind of he's he's president of DC Entertainment rather than being CCO and he's kind of over like he's he's doing a lot more writing and directly involved creatively with uh, a lot of these properties, which I think is a good move. Um mm-hmm. You know, and and the guy who was like the executive producer from It, I guess, is is um, overseeing all the DC sort of film production stuff. Uh, and so I don't know, maybe that'll yield some good results and direction or whatever. But yeah, I don't maybe. know. Um, anyway, what was what was the the talking point that you wanted to talk, to bring up? Um, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's too soon. Maybe it's too soon to start lobbing accusations, but. Um, no, I was just reading about the whole Chris Hardwick thing that's going on. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just felt sort of like, you know, geek podcast, nerd podcast, whatever. Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, obviously there's, you know, nothing, nothing has sort of been confirmed yet or whatever. And so, you know, all that stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's, I mean, people, we, we we can't keep having people like this doing this type of stuff for you know clearly as long as it keeps going on like it's so disheartening to see especially like someone like chris hardwick who you know you know stuff may end up not being true or whatever but you know you're like this dude who has this like message you know this this branding about him of being you know altruistic and supportive and and welcoming and whatever um 
and it's I don't know it's 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 a shame and I mean it's you know it's par for the course when it comes to hypocrisy from public figures and celebrities but yeah, yeah. It, I don't know it, I mean I, I think there's a part because I I mean I stopped listening years ago because I I just got the I mean I kind of got it I, I I know what you mean by this message but like everything about him was just like just like the slimiest grease ball mm. uh, uh and I don't know. So I don't know. When I was reading about this stuff that's come up in the past couple of days, it's just been like, yeah. I mean, I've I don't, I don't know. I've man. I've heard like you know over over the past couple of years. The the thing that's always interesting to me is like, and I always thought this was kind of like overblown or whatever, but it is true that like when you're in L.A., you do end up just kind of hearing stuff about people or sometimes seeing stuff, um, yeah. especially when you're like you know, going to places with people who work in the industry, you know, or, or your friends or people who have worked for this person or that person or whatever. And I have heard a few things over the last couple of years being here, uh, that are definitely not, uh, in, in keeping with his brand. Um, sure. You know, but again, it's like, you know, I, I don't want to talk about or bring any attention to any kind of rumors, you know, like I am not, you know, it's like I, since I've yeah. never been yeah, directly yeah. involved in anything of, you know, of things that I've heard, like I'm not going to try and spread anything. But either no, way, totally. it's just it's disheartening to see like this this level and this amount of of people in positions of, of power and influence uh, just, you know, abusing and misusing their sort of, you know, just their position yeah. and, and hurting people so much. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anyway, I didn't mean to like throw a downer on the end. I just, I don't know. It's just seemed because it's sort of like because we sort of fall into that same territory. Yeah, yeah. No, and and that's the thing is like it's it's hard because you know not only Chris Hardwick, but there are also other very prominent geek podcasters who you know are are relevant to the film industry or other industries that like you hear some shit about and it and it kind of like makes you a little disheartened because. Without without people like Hardwick and and you know some of these other people, uh, who you know will remain nameless until stories come out, like, sure, it, you know, it, they you know like we are doing this, and you know a lot of the things that I do are directly as a result of of those people. Um, yeah, totally. You know, and so it's like it, it's this weird feeling, and I'm sure you know it was kind of the same feeling for a lot of people, like with the Harvey Weinstein stuff, and with you know like Kevin Spacey, Brian Singer, like you know all these people who it's like, yeah, they've been very influential on a lot of people for doing what they do, and it kind of like you know it makes you feel very uh, weird about you know about about a lot of things. I mean, like Harvey Weinstein produced some of my favorite movies, totally, and that's yeah. a weird thing to try and reconcile you know kevin spacey was in some of my favorite movies brian singer directed some of my favorite movies like yeah no i I just watched the mist again which is like one of my top five horror films of all time yeah that was uh weinstein produced (laughs) it's like in the credits i was like oh shit yeah no it's like you know every fucking tarantino (laughs) movie every coen brothers movie like you know clerks small rats like yeah you know and and i guess that's the thing is like i think we're because as the the more and more we we approach this post privacy age uh the more we're going to know about our heroes and and the more we have to 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 figure out what our approach is to admiring or appreciating the work of people that we despise um you know or people whose whose morals we might despise or who we find reprehensible like you know, and and it's not a new thing. It's a new it's a new thing that we are finding out about things like this. But it's not a new thing that they are happening. You know, I think exactly the the vast majority, I think, of influential creators and artists and even business people, I think the vast majority of them have done a lot of things that we would all find reprehensible. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that there's a, a there's a certain level of either excusing, justifying, or um allowing that happens when somebody is that powerful or that wealthy um Mm -hmm. where they start to feel like they have you know free reign to do what they want and and i think the crux is going to be either society deciding we're not going to allow these people to do these things anymore which looks like where it's going to happen either that or Mm -hmm. society goes gets to the point where there's you know they just 
eventually like the cynicism you know gets overbearing and people go well let's you know we're just going to assume that everybody is a horrible person and you know like appreciate the work or appreciate this or that on its own without taking in right you know their personal behavior yeah. into into question um you know and that and that would be a very disheartening future when when not only are those people continuing to be uh indulged in these in these horrible things but also like openly you know people knowing about it which and it's and that's but that's the fucking thing is like look at the white house you know like it's happening already yeah. where people are going well that's a horrible person but better than so and so or whatever you know is it's just like it's crazy this is crazy it is crazy it's crazy um anyway like you know that that's a super that's a fun note it's a fun fun topic yeah, but i think it is well, important yeah. i i think that you know bringing that up is is a good thing to note because yeah without i i think certainly without people like chris hardwick and, and some of those other people like we wouldn't be doing this and and neither would a lot of people yeah um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a weird limbo to live yeah in. totally and I, it makes me wonder, uh, like his whole the nerd, him separating from Nerdist and Legendary. It makes me wonder if Legendary knew that this was coming, mm. and maybe was you know, and he tried to like say that he walked away and all this stuff. And I, I wonder if maybe that wasn't fully true, and maybe they knew this stuff was coming and distanced themselves from him. Um, mm, maybe, but who knows? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that's outside of horrible news. Uh, if you if you have any wonderful and great news to share with us, um, you can uh, you can always tweet us at Savage Land Pod um, on on the, on the tweet sphere. Um, you can also find our Instagram at Savage Land Podcast. Um, our Facebook is Savage Land Podcast, but whatever you see on our Facebook can also be found on either our Twitter or our Instagram. So um, if if you're not about the Facebooks, like Matt and I no longer are then no need to worry we got you covered um we also uh appreciate everybody tweeting out the show tweeting about the show um that includes uh lisa teeter pd comics kevin carey extremely geeked out podcast louise hargadin uh kitty r hill greg gage dark knight minutes um ruben diaz fukru rob nor <laughs> amsters uh jamie primack and a bunch of other uh people thank you all for tweeting at or about the show um if you would like to to tweet anything to us you can again tweet at savage land podcast whatever or at savage land pod um whatever whatever your thoughts are whatever you want to talk about we definitely appreciate all those notes sometimes we don't see them because my day is is oftentimes incredibly uh uh backed up and and crazy um and i know rachel's is as well and matt just doesn't look at twitter never dick um yeah, i can't be bothered i go through and i heart tweet sometimes when i don't have like time to actually sit and and read them um and so i i greatly again i greatly appreciate everyone tweeting at us uh like actually one of, one of the tweets i thought was funny kevin carey tweeted at us um a jonathan hickman tweet which is he said my superpower is taking money from marvel and using it to try and prevent them from publishing marvel comics um <laughs> but then the the addendum to that was shield number six is out tomorrow uh, for those that know the history behind Hickman's Shield series, he did four issues with Dustin Weaver back in like 2012, um, and then issue five came out in like 2015, 2014, and uh, now issue number six is coming out, uh, or just came out actually um, yesterday. So that's that's fun. Two yeah, days ago, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, it's. It, I, I think yeah. it's finally the conclusion of of Shield. It's. Like he wrote the script back in like 2012 or something, but I guess never actually sent it to anybody or whatever. I don't know. I do not know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's that's all we got for today. We actually were planning on doing a very short episode and ended up doing a regular length episode. As per usual. As per freaking usual. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can leave your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Oh, and uh, it'll pu- the first episode will pop up in this feed, but uh, we have a new podcast joining the TMBC family. It's myself and my artist buddy, Kent Heidelman, talking about making your own comics. We're not going to really tell you uh, how to break into comics or whatever, because if we knew that, we would already be working for Marvel or DC or having image series or whatever. Um, but what we will tell you is uh, how to get going on your own comic, whether it be a web comic, a print comic, whatever. How to improve your craft if you want to get better at drawing, inking, framing action scenes, writing dialogue, all this stuff. 
Um, and it's not just from our mouths. It is also from the mouths of creators. Our first episode is with Robert Kirkman, second episode with Steve Lieber, and third episode with Matthew Rosenberg. And those are just the first of a long line of great uh, creators. And so you can look for that in this feed um, or on thatmightbecool.com when it comes out. But we're very excited. And I know a lot of either current or aspiring creators listen to this show. So if you're looking to either improve or get started on your craft in comics, um, that'll be a fun one to listen to. So, And that way, Matt and Rachel don't have to hear me drone on all about technique. And, and, and uh, when we have creators on this show, they don't have to... They don't have to uh, uh, put up with all the what kind of what kind of typewriter do you use? What uh, <laughs> what's what's what grade of pencil do you do you rough your layouts in? <laughs> um, so that's that's where you can go for all that in the weeds creator talk, um, and then you can keep coming back to Savage Land for all our uh, friendly uh, friendly shooting the shit kind of talk. That's right. Hell yeah. Um, well, Matt, I think that now Jason. now all that stuff is wrapped up. Um, we can we can pull up the sails on this ship and let it drift away and uh and really just sit with a hope and a prayer that everybody enjoyed their time in the savage land Be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>